0: What's up, y'all? You're listening to the Extra Point College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Carnes, joined as always by my co-host, Daniel Hammock. Daniel, we got... Man, I sent you nine games that yeah. I said, like, hey, any other week, these will be must-picks for me. Usually, it's like four or five, and then we, you know, we pick two more to throw on there. This week, I sent you nine must-pick games. We had to narrow it down to seven. So, this is probably... A lot easier question than most weeks. But Daniel, what's a game we're not picking that you're excited to watch this week?
1: Yeah, for me, it's got to be. Um... Oh, shoot. We had it. I had it listed right here. You go first.
0: I'll go first. Uh, Arkansas and LSU. Which LSU team shows up for the boot game? Um, Arkansas now ranked. They're a two-and-a-half-point favorite at LSU at night. Is that crowd show up? Are they into it? Like, has this team quit on a, at Orgeron? I would argue no, given how they played against Alabama last week. So I'm curious as to which LSU team shows up. Um, and then if the best version of LSU shows up, is Arkansas just good enough to beat them? Yeah. Like, are they going to earn that top 25 ranking? They're sitting there with three losses. Kind of flew into the radar after losing three games in a row. And so can Arkansas come back with – I say a statement win. It's a two-and-a-half-point line. So, obviously, Vegas thinks LSU is pretty good. That's a big win for them in that rivalry. And so, it'll be big for Sam Pittman, gain some momentum, because rest of the season for Arkansas, I mean, I'm looking at the schedule right now. They got, they got Alabama next and then Missouri. And so, I mean, realistically, you beat LSU and you lose to Alabama. You beat Missouri. That's an eight-and-four year in year two. That is huge for Sam oh, yeah. Pittman. So. That's long-winded. That's a game I'm excited to watch this week.
1: No, I appreciate it. No, And Arkansas-LSU, that's obviously such a great like historic rivalry. Those two have gone at it several times. And that used to be the last game of the year um, before the SEC expanded. Um, And so they kind of shuffled their schedule a little bit. So I love that one. Um, Mine, I was trying to remember the other ACC game that we ended up cutting, which is a flipping good one, Wake Forest and NC State um that one I think that two teams in the Atlantic that you're probably looking at towards the start of the season you know NC State probably being that main challenger to Clemson and then uh, obviously they beat Clemson early in the year and then Wake Forest was that surprise team I think if you asked me at different points throughout the season I would probably pick NC State to beat Wake Forest um just regularly just was that that's what you know, I'm a little higher on NC State than Wake Forest, but the way Wake Forest has kind of weathered that and then gotten to this point. And then last week, I mean, even in a loss, look impressive against North Carolina. Um, I, I, this game is going to be interesting, two somewhat different, you know, two different play, type, play types. Um, and now we see NC State a little bit more on the defensive side. So that one's going to be more um, interesting just to see how the matchup plays out. So, um, and then obviously whoever wins is going to be kind of in that driver's seat um, on that side. So, um, NC State-Wake Forest the be game I'm watching.
0: I was trying to look. Wake Forest, I don't think they can clinch with the win. They can eliminate NC State with the win if they win on Saturday. That would give NC State two conference losses. Wake Forest would have zero. But they can't clinch because Clemson only has two conference losses, and they play Clemson next week.
1: Uh, if Clemson
0: weasels their way into the ACC and win the Atlantic, game. can you can you imagine? So here is the thing, yeah. If if Wake Forest, so Wake Forest has their three toughest games left on the schedule at NC at NC State. Or excuse me, they get NC State at home. They go at Clemson, at Boston College. They could go zero three, like they could literally start eight zero and then finish the season eight four. So yeah. that's it's that's still interesting. a good
1: year. Because we picked them to go four and eight, so hey, five
0: and seven. Give us a little bit more credit and seven, than that. Five hey. and seven.
1: Okay, okay. <laughs> well, well, you're we are wrong did, about them. <laughs> we did repeatedly say
0: we feel awful.
1: We feel awful. We feel like we might be wrong about this one, and then we yep. had somebody reach out to us, a Wake fan, and they were they were right to this point. So we were definitely. I mean, we were absolutely wrong because I mean, Wake's like even proved them wrong. Yeah. So. <laughs> so oh, good.
0: All right, the seven games we are picking, Daniel, Pitt, North Carolina, which is, if you're listening to this on Thursday, tonight, uh, Penn State, and Michigan, Auburn and Mississippi State, Baylor, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Purdue, Tennessee and Georgia, and then Ole Miss and Texas A&M. So a lot of great games this week. Let's start with the Thursday night game, Pitt, North Carolina. Pitt, we talked about it, Daniel. We, we were a year early on Pitt. We were a Pitt pod uh, last year. We've kind of brought some of the mojo back with Pitt. I did pick against him with Miami. I, you know, I hated to do it, but trying to catch some wins, trying trying to catch you here at the end of the season. Uh, Pitt is a six-and-a-half-point favorite against North Carolina. North Carolina coming off of a huge win against Wake Forest, a non-conference win, albeit, but <laughs> uh, a big win nonetheless. Daniel, you taking, are we still a pit bot? Are you taking Pitt?
1: you don't have to get a pit pod when you stay a pit pod. So that's true. We bit, we've been a pit pod. Um And as long as Kenny Pickett is there, we're a pit pod. And so we've been it for the past six years. We've only been a podcast for three years, but you get it. So, but Kenny Pickett, um, he's just, he's just played really well this season. He's really jumped. I mean, he's, he's projected top 50 player now. Um, a lot of services or a lot of places are saying he's going to be, Um, Potentially, you know, first round pick, maybe even the first quarterback taken. So the ascension of Kenny Pickett is a big deal. Um, It's not just a name we know, it's someone who is going to be, you know, drafted and drafted probably pretty high. Um, On the other side, obviously, you have Sam Howell, and that's something that, you know, came into the year with expecting him to maybe be the number one overall pick. He has somewhat regressed a little bit because of his passing numbers and everything obviously he lost all the weapons around him and so they've had to kind of build back that continuity um, he's had six yard rushing games in their nine games that they've played which is amazing because it's not something that you think about as part of his profile if you're just kind of scanning the you know if you, if you haven't been watching this year you didn't know that that's something that they have needed to do needed to, um, to kind of complement that that past game. So um, I do think that Pitt wins this game. I'm really nervous about the six and a half. I think that that's actually – I mean, Vegas, the same point. They know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. All right. I'm stressed about it because Pittsburgh is a type of team that I feel like will just win by three or four points call it a day, but I'm going to go with Pitt winning by a touchdown. I think North Carolina is kind of riding high after that win last week um, against Wake Forest. They kind of feel big about, you know, taking down an undefeated the team, which is a big deal. They did a great job last week. That was a phenomenal comeback. Um, I do think that they may have spent their wheels a little bit. I think that Pittsburgh comes back this week with a big game, um, probably wins by 10, but Yeah, I'm still nervous. Six and a half points, I'm laying it with Pitt.
0: I like it. So, over-under in this game is at 73. It started at 75. So, it's been bet down a little bit. Um, Two explosive offenses. Two great offenses. I I do expect a high-scoring game. I would actually take the over. I feel pretty comfortable in the over at 73. Uh, I look at Pitt's schedule, and I see kind of a team comp on their schedule. You want to guess what team for Pittsburgh? Excuse me for a comp for North Carolina on Pitt's schedule. A team that uh, played already. High powered like offense. Tennessee? Tennessee. Exactly. That's how I expect this game to go. So I expect Carolina to be very much in this game. It's just that Carolina's defense like Pitt can get a couple of stops. I think. North Carolina's defense cannot get enough stops. Like, last week, they didn't need to because, like I said, North Carolina's defense is bad. Wake Forest's is worse. So, uh, they had the upper hand last time to get a stop, and they got it when they needed them. Pitt's, it's Pitt's turn now. Pitt's actually has a pretty decent defense. So, I think Pitt gets enough stops, which might be one, to win. Uh, they beat Tennessee by eights. They won that game forty-one to thirty-four. I think they win this game forty-five to thirty-seven, which will put us above that over seventy-three. So I like Pitt to win. I like him to win by a touchdown and a to quote league Corso and an extra point. <laughs> so <laughs> touchdown and a very important extra point. So,
1: so fast, I like Pitt.
0: Friend. The Pitt pod is back, and I like Pitt to win this game. Daniel, just think about this for a second. If Pitt doesn't lose to Western Michigan, all right, and they We're beat talking. Carolina. All they have left is Virginia and Syracuse. Are we talking about playoff pit?
1: It's very illiterate of you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think that we would be. Um, and yeah, playoff pit, playoff picket. I mean, you've got it all. I mean, oh,
0: the t-shirts people come on. Yeah, pit. Uh, you had to lose to Western Michigan.
1: That's all the, and Pickett, I'd have
0: bought all the merch, man. Well,
1: well Pickett would also <laughs> probably be the forefront. He's already in the Heisman conversation, but I think oh, he would he'd be, be the leader. I think he would be the guy. Um, he's drawing comparisons to Joe Burrow for the type of development that he's shown in this last year. So 29 and
0: three, 29 touchdowns, three picks. Yeah. That's he's, incredible.
1: He's special. Um, and yeah, I hate that they, they lost to Western Michigan, Um because if they win that game by one point, it just matters the win, it, it doesn't win. matter move on style points, they would move on, but yep, that's not the case. So,
0: solid verbal, you know, they're the ones that came up with this, but win your clunkers like you got to win your bad games, <laughs> it matters later on. Uh, moving on to Saturday, so Auburn and Mississippi State, man, we got we got a loaded. Excuse me, we're going to go Penn State, Michigan first. I, was like, uh, I
1: have it in order, Jacob.
0: <laughs> a loaded noon window. Um, so, Penn State, Michigan, one of these games, pick them. So, Vegas thinks, hey, even teams on a neutral site, Michigan probably favored by two or three, but pick them in Happy Valley. It's not the big noon kickoff, but it's a big noon kickoff. Um, <laughs> which he going? You going Wolverines or Nittany Lions?
1: Yeah, I just, I get, I'm getting stressed on it because last week we had to pick them, Tennessee and Kentucky, and I was on the right side after initially feeling like I was on the. I was I was on the other side, and I felt like that was the right side. I was on Kentucky early in the week, and then as the week progressed, I was like, Tennessee's just too explosive, and that proved to be the case. I keep looking at this and thinking they have this as a pick'em for some reason. You know, Penn State might keep it close, but I just Michigan's a better team this year. Michigan's just the better team, and. I think that their their run game is going to travel, and I think that they're going to – I think they're, they're comfortable in their own skin, and I don't feel the same way about Penn State. The whole identity thing we've talked about, I think Sean Clifford, I mean, he's serviceable, but I don't think he's like – I think they're going to have to count on him to win this game, and I don't think that they can. Michigan should have beat Michigan State. Um, obviously they didn't, and that's important, but if I don't have to lay any points with Michigan, I think Michigan wins this game. So give me Michigan laying zero points outright win.
0: We actually, we locked this in last night at the line. The line's actually moved to Michigan is now a one and a half point favorite. So a lot of money's coming out of Michigan. So it's funny. You say comparison to last week with, uh, Tennessee and Kentucky, which is a pick em. That's exactly how I felt. So, all week up until this morning, I like I have been on Penn State. And similar to last week, all week until the day we recorded, I was on Kentucky. And the day we recorded, I flipped. And I was with you. I was like, Tennessee's too explosive on offense, and Will Levis has not played good in conference games. Sean Clifford, like – now they hung with Ohio state and he played really, really well. I think he shows up in big games, but Michigan's just a better team that like they are the better team. And I would go with the better team. It's a pick em. I know it's at Penn state. It is a noon crowd. I think they're going to be, you know, still loud and stuff. They're doing a version of the whiteout Call it the helmet stripe game, AKA like one sections wearing blue.
1: Okay. Anyway,
0: it's a whiteout <laughs> and a lot of talk about the rankings Head-to-head head has to matter, right? Michigan State should be ahead of Michigan. Michigan is a better team. They lost to Michigan State, and that has to matter. But they outplayed Michigan State in a down-to-down basis. They scored 33 points against Michigan State. I do think Penn State's defense is a lot better than Michigan State's. I don't think they get to 33 points against Penn State's defense. Uh, Michigan also has a good defense. And Penn State has just not been very good on offense this year. I think the, the key to Penn State winning this game is to hit Dotson on some bombs. Like, they got to score from far. Like, take the top off the defense with him. He's a difference maker in the pass game. I don't know that they have enough offense to win. So, I'll take Michigan close. I like him like, 24-21. Classic Big Ten game. (laughs) Like, I think this style game plays in Michigan's favor. That's why if Penn State wants to win, they got to play a different style of football and be explosive. I don't know if they can do that against the Michigan defense. So
1: That's the same uh, score I had, 24-21. Hey,
0: so, classic yeah. Big Ten game. Love it. Hey, and last week we were on the same side, and the pick worked out by three, 45-42. So good vibes, positive vibes only, <laughs> quote, blooper braves. Um, all right, another big noon game, Auburn and Mississippi State. Uh, formerly ranked Mississippi state currently ranked Auburn Uh, where are you going with the Tigers and Bulldogs Daniel yeah
1: this one um, Auburn I think Auburn's the better team and has more to play for obviously last week was very tough losing that game to Texas A&M you kind of saw some of their their problems manifest themselves in that you know establishing line of scrimmage and being able to run the ball Um, I think that that's something they want to do and they were not able to do. And so they had to count a lot on Bo Nix and he was, he didn't have a clean pocket to stay in. He was rolling out a lot and self-inflicted wounds. Um, Obviously the only touchdown in the game was the defensive touchdown by Texas A&M. So I think that Auburn offense is looking to kind of get right. So I do think that they're able to score more points and kind of get, get going. But I also think, that Mississippi state's defensive line and just defense in general, the front seven, I think they're, they're underrated for what they are. And I think that they're going to kind of control the line of scrimmage. I think Mississippi state's going to be, um, they're, they're not, they're not Texas A&M. They're not Georgia, but they are better than a lot of the teams that Auburn has beat up on this year. So I, I, I like Mississippi state to kind of cause a little chaos, maybe even have a lead in this game, but I I, Auburn probably wins. I'm taking Mississippi State with the points because I just don't want that Mississippi State's been they've been in this position too much of spoiler and it seems like Will Rogers is really kind of feeling himself um, in this offense and really comfortable. Um, I do think this offense is stoppable and if Auburn plays their best I think they win going away. I just don't know if we're going to see Auburn's best in this game. Mississippi State's good at capitalizing on that so Give me, give me the Bulldogs and give me the
0: five-and-a-half. Both teams are coming off of losses, so both teams need to bounce back. I like the Auburn's at home. That's what's getting some of those points there. Let me ask you this, Daniel. Who? So, something that's been talked about, uh, Bud Elliott's who I heard it from first, but Auburn, when playing really good defensive lines, has struggled. So, Penn State, Georgia – uh, last week, A&M, A&M yeah. we saw what happened. Like, they, they lose all three of these games. Is Mississippi State's front seven better than Arkansas or LSU? That's a good question. The,
1: the I Those are the ones I was comparing them to, and I think they're all kind of in that same
0: group. I think so, um, too. I think they're all I, very similar.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So, uh, like
1: – I think I Arkansas's all- linebackers are the best of that entire group. But if you're going straight D-line, Mississippi State probably edges them out for me. But
0: That's fair. So I think Auburn plays very similarly to Arkansas in that, like, super mobile quarterback, want to be explosive, but they're definitely going to rely on the run game, like a power run game first. I think that's going to wear Mississippi State down um, after the game they had last week. And so I think Auburn's defense is also better than Arkansas's defense. So I think that they're able to – slow Mississippi state down on offense as well and hold them to not that many points. Again, I think this is a one score game. And so I like Auburn to win like 31, 24. I'll lay the points here. Barely. I do think it's a one score game. I think it's close. Uh, Mississippi state's defense. They do give up scores once you cross midfield. Mm. Like if you're crossing midfield, you're probably going to score. And I think Auburn can get across midfield a few times and then start to get in the range where they're going to score. So It's a huge bounce back win. They need this one to gain some momentum. And, you know, next thing on their mind after this is Alabama. So they need this kind of win, get some momentum going into the Iron Bowl. All right. Another noon game, Baylor and Oklahoma. And this one is the big noon kickoff on Fox. Uh, In McLean Stadium, Waco, Texas. Daniel, you're rolling with Chip and Joanna or, I don't know, Bob Stoops.
1: I'm always with Chip and Joanna, first of all. All right. And uh, this one, I think, um, I, I, I like that Baylor's at home. I think that's a big deal for Baylor. Um, I think Baylor has enough to win this game outright. But that being said, that's going to take Oklahoma to continue to play down to the opponent. And Baylor has established themselves as a worthy opponent so far this year. And I think that Oklahoma is going to raise their level of play because I do think they're one of those teams that can flip a switch in a way they're not going to run away and hide from anybody but I think that there's certain games that they they key in uh, a little bit better Um, and I I think they're going to win this game I think they're going to win by at least a touchdown kind of going back and forth I think um, and you made fun of me last year because I said this a lot but I said and I already said it earlier but I think Baylor will have a lead in this game. I think they'll be up <laughs> maybe at halftime because that's the way I see it kind of playing out. Um, Baylor <laughs> is Baylor's the type of team that I think is explosive enough on offense and are efficient enough on offense and defensively um, they'll have a good scheme for them. But yeah, I, I do think that Oklahoma is going to kind of hit their stride in the game and you might see a big rushing day from uh, both. Eric Gray and uh, Kennedy Brooks, and that's going to kind of lead them to a big win in this game. So I think probably 14, 14 point win, and it's going to feel like more because Oklahoma's played so close to all their, you know, games so far. So a fourteen point win in this one, um, lay this lay the five and a half.
0: I'm with you, uh, sort of. So I'm one. I'm laughing. This was two years ago when I caught you saying it. Like, with every game, I think they have a lead. That's so funny.
1: <laughs> I forgot you did that.
0: It I was on like like track again it now. Like, yeah, it was like a
1: little ism <laughs> that I had. I worked really hard to get rid they of it. They might even I'm have like, a lead. There's a couple of games <laughs> that it's true. And I just felt oh, it. Oh, yeah.
0: So. so, someone pointed this out on Twitter. The best defense Caleb Williams' face ranks 80th in SP+. Baylor's ranked 19th, so this will be the best defense Caleb Williams faces. On the flip side, though, the best quarterbacks Baylor has played, I mean, BYU and TCU, they averaged 11 yards per attempt, and that was Chandler Morris's first game with a TCU team that just fired their head coach. So some trends going both ways. I don't think Oklahoma's offense is going to overwhelm Baylor. They've seen nothing like it. Oklahoma's coming off of a bye week. Baylor's coming off of a loss. They're catching Oklahoma at a bad time. I have no reason to trust Oklahoma to win this game big. Like, they've not proven that to me yet. Right. I, I keep I keep waiting. It's funny, Daniel. I, I keep waiting on Alabama, Ohio State, heck, even Cincinnati, like, to just Oklahoma. to just come out and be like, okay, we've, we've been messing around. We have a young team, but we're elite. Like we're a top four team. We're starting our playoff run now, like grab teams by the throat and just end it early. Like get up big in the first half and put them away. And they haven't done it. Oklahoma can like, this is a huge opportunity for coming off of the bye week They're still eighth in the playoff rankings. This is a huge opportunity to jump into the top four. If they beat Baylor bad, I really do oh, yeah. think they jump oh, yeah. from eight to four like that overnight. They jump Cincinnati, especially because th- this will be a big win. If they were to blow Baylor out, I think they'd jump into the top four on Tuesday. So I think they win this game 41-30. So I'm right there with you, like right at that two touchdown mark, like two scores, kind of a two score game. And then it, it might feel like a lot more. And this could be something on Tuesday where it's like, hey, they blew them out by 11. Like, but they blew out a top 25 team on the road. So, again, this could be – this is the statement win Oklahoma needs. And, again, it sets up – they got Oklahoma State. He's also in the top ten right now. Like, if they finish undefeated, they're going to be in. Like, I wouldn't worry about it (laughs) from Oklahoma. I know what it looks like right now, but you're going to have the wins to get in regardless. So, I like Oklahoma. Kind of big. All right, (laughs) afternoon games. Ohio State and Purdue. Uh Uh-oh, Daniel. Purdue's playing a t- top five team, uh, 20, 20 point line. So <laughs> you going Buckeyes or Boilermakers. What a mascot.
1: Yeah. The, um, so if this, if this was Urban Meyer, there's no question we'd be circling the, uh, the <laughs> that's pur- right, Purdue, that's right. Purdue right here. But so that, that does, uh, and I'll get to that in just a second. That does kind of key in for me, but this Jacob, Purdue has just been taking down these teams and we just mentioned about taking down these top five teams and Ohio state has kind of been stubbing their toe with these, uh, you know, these, whether it be Penn state or Nebraska Nebraska. and it's just kind of felt like, all right, like, when are we going to see Ohio state, you know, foot on throat to a good team where versus, you know, there's some teams that they beat up on that they were just better than. Um I think this might be the game. I, 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 I think Purdue's a good team. I mean, they're a very well coached team. I think they're um, able to, they're, they're I mean, they've been able to take down Iowa. They've been able to take down, you know, these teams where Ohio state has not had that game where we've kind of felt like they've arrived because I think there's always been that question of they haven't done it to a, a good team yet. So Um, because I was coming into this this week thinking oh yeah Purdue I was probably gonna be like a a 10 to 14 point spread and it was 20 points and I'm thinking of course it is like this is Ohio State we're talking about I think Ryan Day is going to have this team ready to go I think they are going to come in with a like a killer mentality they're just going to run right through Purdue I don't think it's going to be you know 45 to 7 but I think that they're going to win by 21 points or more. So, um, I'm thinking kind of like a a 35 to, to 14, something like that, 35 to 10. Um, you know, it, it's going to be – they're going to assert themselves, well, it's Ohio State. They're probably going to give up some more points. So, let's say 55 to 24, something like
0: that. So – You know, Chip Patterson's thing early on in the season uh, was <laughs> – Do you see the bus? Are are the players getting off the bus? All right, 40 points for Ohio State. (laughs) And they haven't lived up to that the past two games. Uh, I think they get off the bus and score 40 in this game. So Purdue's defense has not been great. Look, Ohio State's clunker was last week. All right? They gave Nebraska a chance to win. The defense showed up late in the game. They were great. Purdue can't possibly do this again. I will stick to that. (laughs) I was with, I was on this with Iowa early in the se- in the season where it's like this is not replicable. They can't keep doing this. The dam eventually broke. <laughs> I had to say it a few times before it happened, but <laughs> the dam eventually broke there. They're not it's on the road. I think it's a lot more difficult. The Ohio State secondary, they've got the guys to shut down David Bell or at least limit him like like they, they can double him and be fine elsewhere. They can leave some guys on an island. Like they can match up with Purdue's wide receiver. So I think Ohio State's secondary has been underrated so far this year. Uh, they can slow down the, the Purdue offense, and Purdue cannot run the ball. And so right. if they shut down the passing game, it's over. I think the Buckeyes score 40 in this one. So 41-20. I'm right there with you, right at 21 points. I think it's a dang good line. Um, but I do like the Buckeyes big in this one to make a statement win. And who knows? Maybe we'll have a shake up in the top four this week if some of these teams go out and blow teams out.
1: And something that we didn't really think about, we've probably thought about before the season, but a few games in, Wisconsin is picking up steam and <laughs> they control their, their own destiny. Their defense is second to Georgia in all of the most critical rankings and everything like that. And we were, we both have been high on their defense from before the season how they were last year, we knew coming into this year. And so far this year, that's been their only true bright spot. And then they finally have started to, to turn a few things around on offense. So that's been good to see. Um, but that's something that I'm, I'm really interested, Jacob, just kind of a peek ahead. If Wisconsin does finish it out, Ohio State versus Wisconsin, I don't think that there's really a chance that Wisconsin necessarily wins that game. But as far as seeing what Ohio State's offense and that Wisconsin defense, that's just a fun matchup.
0: I don't know what the point spread is. I'd be really tempted to pick Wisconsin. We got to see it the next few weeks because, I mean, Nebraska limited Ohio State. Penn State limited Ohio State. So, like, it's not like this This offense is not 2019 LSU. It's not 2020 Alabama. It's not yeah. on that level. So. That, that would be a fun matchup, though, because it'd be a good preview for Ohio State to see what it's like to go up against an elite defense that they might face in the playoff if they already went out. So right. that's a really good point. Um, another afternoon game Tennessee and Georgia. Uh, the Vols hosting Georgia. Tennessee, not a ranked team. One of these fringe ranked teams coming off of a big win against Kentucky, doing a lot better than expectations preseason, especially by us. Uh, Vols hosting the Dogs and Nailing, Daniel. 20-point spread, though. So, you, you taking the points here, Tennessee at home, or are you like Georgia to win big?
1: And this, this, these two games feel similar to each other. Not that Tennessee's taking down five, top five teams, but that, you know, early in the week, you and I were talking, and I just kept thinking Tennessee is the team that's going to score their 14th point against Georgia. Like, they're going to be the one to score two touchdowns, two full-fledged All-American touchdowns against Georgia's defense and 20-point line. And the more I look at it, the more I just feel like Georgia's just going to go up and, and control this game. You know, I think that this is something that's very important to Georgia. Now. We're going to always probably talk about quarterback situation when it comes to Georgia. Um, I think, well, let's talk about and Hooker for a second. I think this is, maybe the most complete quarterback that Georgia will have faced all year. Agreed. Um, And I think that that's, you know, and then this is perhaps the most explosive offense that they will have faced all year. Um, So those two things are, are important. Um, Defensively, I think Tennessee's in some trouble as far as what Georgia can do. Um, My one question, I mean, Georgia is doing such a good job efficiency on offense and explosive plays Um, part of me is thinking they're not going to have problems but then the other part of me thinks oh if there's a a situation where they have to go score for score with somebody well of course they're going to need to go to JT Daniels and then I look at it and think well who's going to actually score 20 on this defense so like I think that Stetson can always get 24 and more. I think you can get 30. Well, I know. I'm just like I'm just. Yeah. I think I'm just saying, roll the helmets out there with what we've, what Georgia has got on the field, and I think Stetson can get it done. So, I think that you probably see some JT Daniels um, again as he's working back, um, and I think that that's going to be problem for for Tennessee. I think that Tennessee does score their 14th point even though I'm kind of not feeling as great as I did about it. But, uh, but Georgia probably wins something like 42 to 14, just because I don't think Tennessee is going to have a good job stopping Georgia in this game. Um, and Georgia's not like Kentucky, um, not to compare them to just one game, but Georgia is much deeper on defense. I think that field position will kind of come into play and Georgia's elite on special teams. Um And I do think that Tennessee and the crowd is going to be a big deal uh, at the early part of the game. But Georgia has shown that they can go on the road and dominate a team like Auburn. Um, And so I kind of draw comparisons to that as far as the environment. Um, Because Neyland will be rocking. But um, Georgia just kind of control the game and then lull lull them to sleep basically, and it will be over. So give me Georgia and lay, lay the 20.
0: I think Georgia has two things to worry about in this game. Golf balls and mustard bottles. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> no, but – all right, question for you. You mentioned it, JT Daniels, Stetson Bennett, that whole thing. It's been a – you know, everyone's talking about it. Does JT Daniels play a meaningful snap in this game? Does he play a snap that is not in mop-up duty, do you think? Okay. Because, like, last week he came in up 33-3. to
1: what, what would you consider – not mop-up duty within 14 points or
0: cause I think it's game situation too. Like, for example, like Stetson started the second half last week, scored, and then it was like, all right. Like what yeah, like he knew at that point, it's like, okay, it's officially garbage time, and it's the middle of the third quarter. Right. So like when it gets to that point in the game, does he does he play when yeah, sure. They're up 14. Does he play in the first half? How's that?
1: I think he does. I think you see JT. Um,
0: Does Georgia need him in this game at any point? I don't think so. So this will be the best offense Georgia has faced so far. Tennessee is the fastest team in the country pace-wise. They average 2.9 plays per minute. That leads the country. Uh, I do think they score more than anyone else against Georgia. I'm with you. I've come around to that. I think they get to 16, and that number is important, and here's why. I think Tennessee's shot in this game is, especially early on, number one, you can't get beat early against Georgia. Georgia has shown, like, if if you get down early with this defense, good luck. Like, you got to stay in it. Like, (laughs) you got to stay in it to the second, third quarter. You can't be down in the first quarter. You get down two scores in the first quarter with this defense, I, I really do think it's over. Yeah. So, I think they're shot at that is they're going to have to go for it on fourth down to keep some drives alive because it's just, look, this is a really good defense. So you're going to have to take some chances to stay in this game. And here's the thing, Tennessee's got nothing to lose. And so why not go for it on fourth down? Like if you're on your own 45, go for it. Like you got the crowd behind you. If you need to turn around and have a big defensive stop, you got to go for it on fourth down. The problem is like, I even think Tennessee gets inside the 40 a few times. Goes forward on fourth down early, doesn't get it, which is going to cause him to kick some field goals later on in drives. So I think going forward on fourth down, Georgia has shown in short yardage situations like they can stop teams. They've had now three different teams go down in like last minute of the game against the second team and try to try to score that last touchdown. Um, I think Georgia stops them on fourth time a few times, a fourth down a few times, and then. Uh, Tennessee decides to kick some field goals later on on drives to just get some points. And so that's why I say 16. Uh, th- that's just something I think could play out in the game. Tennessee's going to have to go forward and fourth now. If they start getting stopped, they're going to start kicking field goals if they get in scoring range. So uh, on the flip side, Georgia's offense against Tennessee's defense. Daniel, do you know how many plays Tennessee's defense was on the field for last week? 99. 99. That's a lot of plays. That's about one-and-a-half, like, games on the defense's legs. And against a team like Georgia that is now healthy at receiver, they're explosive and incredibly physical and can beat you up. That's not good. I like Georgia big. I like Georgia to win 45-16. So, I'm with you, easily covering the 20. Uh, I think this is a big-time Georgia win again. All right, last game, Ole Miss and Texas A&M. Game day is going to be there. Will Katy Perry be there? We'll see. Not been announced yet, but that'd be pretty sweet, <laughs> actually. Uh, Lane Kiffin was on Twitter with Matt Corral, saying they were playing Katy Perry at practice, saying "Come to the sip." So we'll see. Uh, look, two and a half point line in favor of the Aggies. You like a home dog, Daniel?
1: Well, they're you know they might have a corn dog or two and have her come back because that was her whole big thing, but. You know, and she was calling out to Trevor Knight, the quarterback at the time for Texas A&M. So, is she going to come and you know try to woo Zach Calzado away? So, um, yeah, this game, man, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough because it's like, what version of these teams are we going to see? I mean, good on good is obviously Ole Miss's offense versus Texas A&M's defense. And then, question mark on question mark is AM's offense versus Ole Miss's defense. Um, I just, I don't think, I think that Ole Miss has an ability to score against anybody, even if, even if they're, you know, I, I, I I really think that A&M is going to limit Ole Miss, but I just don't know if if and is going to be able to score frequently, um, as frequently as, as Ole Miss could. Um, and I think that Lane is going to have something special for them, being that this is such a marquee game. It's obviously ranked on ranked at home. Ole Miss is going to be in this game. I think they're going to win this game and I get two and a half points, I'm just going to take Ole Miss. Um, I think Ole Miss is going to have a couple guys finally kind of get healthy um, that they've been missing, and you'll just kind of see. I think their their offense is better than Texas A&M's defense, um, and A&M's had a pretty good defense so far. So just give me Ole Miss. Give me the points. I'm going to ride with the Rebels.
0: Texas A&M did not score an offensive touchdown last week. I think they're going to score an offensive touchdown this week. I just think that's a concern, that they weren't able to score an offensive touchdown last week. A&M's defense is legit. Like, they they have a really legit defense. uh, But Ole Miss is getting healthy on offense, which I I think they need to do. They need to get some weapons back. Um, I think Ole Miss can score in Texas A&M when Auburn couldn't. Like, I think Ole Miss can score some points here. They're at home. I think Lane is more conservative than he was against Alabama. I think he saw that you, you got to find the middle ground. You can't be going forward on a fourth and 10 on your own 30. Like that, that's not going to, that's not going to win you games, but Texas A&M's offense is not as explosive as Alabama. So I think right. you can actually ride the middle there and be pretty aggressive because they're not going to score in two plays like Alabama does. Like they're just not, it's not the style they play. Right. I also wonder like, Calzada, like how healthy is Calzada? Dude, he keeps getting Separated injured. in his
1: shoulder, man. I
0: mean, credit to that guy. He is tough. He is one over the locker room. He's never going to have to pay for a meal in the state of Texas ever again. Like, he is forever a legend at Texas A&M. Uh, I just wonder how healthy he is. I actually think it's a lower scoring game, Daniel. Now, like Ole Miss the last few weeks, given that they, their offense hasn't been completely healthy, but they scored 27 last week, 20 the week before. 31, 31, 52 against Arkansas, but scoring 31 points and below the last four weeks. So AM's defense is legit. I like Ole Miss to win like 28 to 27, a very close game. But I do like Ole Miss to win outright in an upset. I don't think this is a WTF game, a wrong team favored, but uh, I do like Ole Miss to win. So and this would essentially I don't know if it officially does it. Does it? Would that officially give Alabama the SEC West?
1: Does it, no, Ole uh, Miss with. Oh. And they they play Arkansas next week because there's still. Well, I was gonna say there's still a chance for Auburn if Arkansas beats Alabama and Auburn yes. wins out.
0: It's not so, gonna be done until the Iron Bowl, huh?
1: Is looking that way.
0: That's fun, though. <laughs> so, well, I guess if Bama beats Arkansas, anyway, we can go down the whole rabbit hole. We'll see. This game does matter for the SEC West, though. That's oh, the man. one motivation A&M's, A&M has is, it like, they have the tiebreaker versus Alabama. So they're rooting against everybody. or They're rooting for everybody against Alabama, and they got to win out if they still want a shot at getting to Atlanta for the first time. So you can follow Daniel on Twitter, at DeepSouthDaniel. Daniel. You can follow me on Twitter at Jacob Carnes with a K. And you can follow our podcast on Instagram and Facebook at The Extra Point Pod. And that will do it for this edition of The Extra Point. He is Daniel. I am Jacob. See ya.